you know, what criteria was there? So one of the reporters, whose name is uh, Claire Lawton, um, had uh, talked to Peter. Or no, 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 Peter had left a comment to her. He had written her an email, Peter Petrisco, who's a local artist. And he had said, you know, if you want to get a different point of view about the art scene, he goes, you should go talk to Wayne. You know, he goes, that is if you still want a, you know, a differing viewpoint. And she had sent him an email, and she was like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to him. Well, you know, it'll be great. And about a month later, Pete writes me, and he's like, well, have they, you know, they got in touch with you? And I said, I said, no, they haven't. And he went, he goes, well, what's up with that? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I write a little blog called Art Bitch, which at best maybe gets, you know, 500 to 1,000 hits, tops. And it, it's mostly friends and people who just, you know, pass it on to other people. And one of my problems is when I have a lot of free time, I kind of get in a little trouble because, you know, you're just kind of like, well, what will I do today? So I run an email to this reporter, and it was very tongue-in-cheek, and it was like, you know, the, you know, you said you were going to call me, and you never did, and I understand that, you know, paying lip service to the Phoenix art scene takes up, you know, it's a real grind, and I didn't think anything of it, and I didn't get a response back. I didn't get a, you know, you know F you or, you know, or, or anything, not nothing. And a day or so later, uh, Patrisco gets in touch with me, and he goes, you got to go over to the New Times website. You, you, you just have to. And there's this hatchet article on me. And it's, you know, basically painted me as this, you know, you know, crank who was just bitching and moaning and whining and da da you know. Not about what I had said or anything I'd said, but they hyperlinked all the blogs I had written about New Times. And so what happened was, is in the first two or three, you know, responses on there, it's obviously trolls who were like, oh, well, New Times is great, and this guy's just a, you know, he's pain in the ass, and nobody's listening to him or taking him seriously. And then it started flipping as people started reading what I had actually written. So linking it was the best thing. So within the first three days, I went from maybe seeing 500 hits a month to like 4,000. You know, I mean, it was ridiculous. So it was obvious that people were going and they were checking it out and they were seeing what it is. And it kind of started from there. So what happened after that was their managing, uh, managing editor, Amy Silverman, then sends me an email. Like, oh, we need to get together. We need to talk. It'll be, it'll be good. You know, come on down and we'll, we'll talk about your issues. And so we get down there. I went with my girlfriend. And uh, we walk in. And she's ten minutes late for the meeting. And you got to picture this. She's about five foot nothing. Frizzy haired. Big glasses. Wearing this skin tight, like, cotton jersey dress. And she's shaped like a pear. I mean, she looks like somebody squeezing out a tube of toothpaste. And she walks up, and she's got on black sneakers with sequins on them. Like, you know, sparkly chucks. And I'm sitting there like, oh, okay. Um, she seems to be radiating bitch at me, but, you know, we'll talk. It'll be ten minutes, and we'll be, we'll be fine. You know, we'll find a middle ground. The most unprofessional meeting I ever went into. Just completely insane. Um, talked about herself. Probably mentioned her own name 15 times in like 12 minutes. Right? And so we had gotten into it, and she said, well, what are your issues? And I said, well, you know, the Phoenix art community needs better exposure and better coverage, and when you write about art, you don't do a really good job. And, you know, it's just my opinion, my small little corner. And I had gone into basically saying, you know, you say you have limited space on the Internet, and I go in that you can't, you know, you can't, you know, put in more articles, and you can't cover it because you don't have enough money, enough space. And I, I listed a couple of things that they had written. And she had said, oh, well, you know, do you have any other examples? And I was like, well, of course I do. I've got to file this thick on the crappy writing you guys have got. And it just went downhill from there. 
so she just started getting very sarcastic and being like, oh, I am, I'm so happy you're here. I'm, I'm so happy that you've come with your opinions. That's great. And I'm just sitting, yeah, oh my god, it was like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, look, I understand you're unhappy because you couldn't cut it in New York and you had to come back here with your tail between your legs, and I'm sorry that you hate, you know, Phoenix, and I'm sorry that you have a hostage for a husband, and I go, but, you know, and and I'm sad that he spends a lot of time in strip clubs getting advertising dollars, you know, but the thing that cracked me up about it was, is if you hate it, just be honest about it. Be, you know, be like an ex-girlfriend. Just come right out and tell us you hate us so we can deal with you better and effectively. Don't sit there and say you like us and you respect us. Because the only time they pay attention to the Phoenix Arts community is when they have that, you know, big brains issue. Or this new 100 creative things. The rest of the time of the year, they don't give a crap. They don't cover the music. They don't cover art. They don't do interviews. They don't do good critical review of the art, music, dance, whatever scene in Phoenix said you have. And so at the end of this so-called meeting, I'm walking out, and uh, she, she had said, she goes, well, you know, I, th- I think we're done here. Yeah, I think we are. And How long I, was this meeting? Oh, it was like maybe 15 minutes. And it was like, it's probably the first time in my life I, I've gone somewhere without ego. I've gone in somewhere without arrogance because I really wanted to open the dialogue. I was, that's a stretch for you. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Um, not to be self-referential for me is, is, is a working everyday struggle. But the thing about it was, is you know, it's it's for the greater good. I was kind of like, um, ever since what happened to me in July 2009, where I died, I've kind of shifted my perspective a little bit. It gives you a good bar for 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 what's actually important. And one of the big things for me now is, you know, I've been very successful here in Phoenix, which which is hard to do. And I go, and I've been very lucky that I at least can claim I'm a working artist. And I go, and a lot of people aren't so lucky. They don't sell them, and it's mainly because they don't have the exposure. They don't have the right venues. And for a city that's the fifth largest in America, our art scene is, it, it, it is, it's pathetic. You have a lot of very good talent here, but not a lot of very good structure in relation to how other cities go. People don't come here for art like they do for Chicago or L.A. and New York. Record companies don't come here like the way they would do in, let's say, Los Angeles or, or other bigger cities. You, I mean, you may have small independent people doing their thing, but they don't have enough of an economic impact. Like, you can have the fanzines and you can have the websites, but you need money and you need exposure to, to turn it into something solid, you know, where you can quit the day job. And so when she had said this to me, I was just kind of sitting there and I'm kind of giggling a little, and she looked at me and she goes, well, what's so funny? And I go, I just wanted to thank you for proving my point, cementing my cynicism. <laughs> And I started walking towards the door, and she stops me and looks at me and goes, Would you like to read my resume? And this is where the filter in my head should not have taken a cigarette break. Because <laughs> I looked at her and I went, Why? I already know you can't fucking write. And she just, bawoosh, I mean, just exploded. And so she starts literally doing jazz hands. And singing to me, you know, I'm so sorry that we insulted you. I'm so sorry. And I'm looking at this because it was basically the tantrum of a pissed off six-year-old. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're done. And so I start walking down the staircase, right? It's two flights of stairs in the New Times building. And she is hopping one foot to the next doing this, right? And singing, you know, oh, go write about us in your little blog. And I'm just like, I have got... I've got a psychotic hamster chasing me now at this point, wearing sparkly shoes. And 
I get, I'm almost to, to the door getting out, and she goes, she goes, well, let me, you know, I'll walk you out to make sure you get out of the building safely. And I, I turn around and go, well, but thank you. That's very white of you. Um, and that stopped her for about a second, right? And my girlfriend, I come out in the lobby. She's already packed up. She's got a book already. She's got her water done. She's got the car keys out. She's already heading for the door because she heard me coming. And I, I start walking, right? I start walking, and I'm like, I'm almost out of the building. I'm almost away from Craze Girl here. And I got my hand on the doorknob, and she, and I, I think it was more the tone than anything else. And she goes like this. She goes, have a nice day. And I turned around, and I wanted to say something really clever. I wanted to be witty. I wanted to be just like, stick the knife in and turn it. And, you know, like, oh, I'm going to leave you, and this is going to smart. It's going to hurt. And the first thing that popped into my head was a line from the Blade movie. Like the last one, the really crappy one with Ryan Reynolds. And I turned around and I looked at her and I went, Christ, you really are a cock juggling thunder cunt, aren't you? And my girlfriend's just sitting there looking at me going, oh. And I'm like, and inside my head you just kind of go, okay, that, uh, that, that, that wasn't eloquent or elegant or friendly or funny or let's just leave now. So I walk out and Ashley, you know, turns around and she looks at me and she goes, well, how, how'd it go, sweetie? And I'm like, well, it went about as good as I expected. And she goes, uh, don't, you know, don't, 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 don't use that word. Don't, don't, don't say juggling. It's, no. <laughs> right? So, about a week or so after that, I started writing the blog about it. And I'm waiting for the mail to come in. I'm all like, okay. Because every time I write, I get, you know, I get a few pieces, you know. And pre-article on the New Times website, you know, 50-50, I'd say. You know, you know, half, you know, half like, hey, I like it, or half go take a flying fudge at a rolling donut. And so I wrote this thing, and I got about a, about 70 or 80 pieces of mail probably within the first couple days, and it eventually topped off at about 150. And the thing that was funny was nobody defended her. Nobody said, what you wrote is insane, that's insane, that it didn't happen, you're lying. I actually had employees from New Times, like, writing me and going, oh, well, if you think that's nuts, there's this, and then there's this. To this day, when this is going on now, about seven or eight months, I go, I have never had anybody support this woman, defend this woman, do anything even remotely attempting a defense on this woman. And I've written about other employees of New Times, Martin Sismar, Steve Jansen, Claire Lawton. They have actually garnered support mail where people would be like, okay, you know, Martin's kind of a, but, you know, he's not a bad guy if you get to know him. Or, you know, Claire's really nice and she's young and no one's done this with Amy. Um, I actually, at this point, probably have realistically about, I, I would say the people who are solid, probably 11 to 12 employees in New Times who are constantly feeding me stuff. And some of it is usable in the sense that, okay, I can actually put this into a blog and I can defend it because I can either prove it or I can back it up. And some of it is the typical, you know, you got an axe to grind. I can't, you know, I can't verify this independently, so no, we're not going to use it. Even though it's funny, even though it would be good, I can't throw it in there and, and open myself to legalities. What I always tell people, I said, if there's a proving point here, to this day, I never have anybody um, threaten me with any kind of thing. You know, if you slander someone as a rule, you know, you figure somebody would step up and go, that's crap, and you better shut your mouth, or, you know. I have never had anybody do anything as far as mounting a challenge. Because every single time I've had people come up and go, well, you know, you're just being mean or you're being sarcastic. And I'll say, okay, well, here's my point. You just go. Go on their website. Go in any of their issues. Tell me where the quality is. 
tell me where the community base is. Tell me where this paper who operates within our community and claims to be a member of our community has any place being in our community because they don't help it. Well, it's a syndicated newspaper that's pretty much nationwide, though, right? Mm. Just because they're ba they're, there's one based in Phoenix doesn't necessarily mean that they have our community. Oh, no, and I, and, I, and I understand that. And my thing with that is, and, and that's a very valid point, and it's also a fair, it leads to a fair question, is to where people will go, well, why are you doing this? Because it, it branches into a couple different areas. People will go, well, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight. I go, you know, I'm, I, I, I do performance art or I do dance. And my thing is, we don't have any exposure in Phoenix consistently from the local media that, that you know, says, hey, on first Friday, you're going to have, you know, the Complainiacs playing at this, you know, benefit party. And you're going to have, you know, J, what was it, JJ? I always get that name. Yeah, I always get that name wrong. I go, you know, doing this thing over trunk space. Or, you know, you're going to have, you know, you know, Casebeer doing this amazing painting display over at Conspire. Um, part of the problem with the art scene here is the artists tend to be either apathetic in the sense that, you know, they are like, well, you can't change anything. And I go, and my thing is, it's it's not necessarily, you know, saying, making New Times all of a sudden go, oh, well, we love you guys, and we're going to help you out now. What I'm hoping for is either, you know, they get rid of her, because she really is the one, you know, dripping the poison down. I go, and you get somebody in there who's a lot more open to actually, instead of writing an article about what a bouncer thinks, maybe we give that space to a local band or a local artist or someone who's, you know, doing the grow boxes and helping Phoenix out, making the community a better place. You know, someone who's doing some kind of community outreach. Or two, get somebody in there who, when they come into an art show, isn't going to go, oh, well, you know, this guy's got a mohawk, so I can't take him seriously. And, you know... A lot of their stuff is written before they arrive. You can tell. It's like you didn't go to the event. You walked in, you looked around, you walked out. You can't get the sense of an artist or a band or anybody creative without experiencing them personally. You just can't look at a painting and go, oh, I've got this person down. You have to talk. You have to be open to the idea that there is more behind the surface. And they, over the last couple of years, under her, her management, basically have taken it away from a forum where there was good writing. I go and turned it into, like, a physical blog. The writing is short. It's, it's very usually one-sided. There's not a lot of um, balance. It's, well, I hate this, and I hate this. And because I hate this, I'm naturally the best person to go review this. Um, what comes to mind was actually not that I'm into this sort of thing. They had done an article a couple, I'd say a couple weeks ago, about the fairy festival in Glendale. You know, where people dress up, you know, with the little wings and the glitter and stuff. And it was a charity event that was aimed at, you know, six-year-old kids. And they went in there and they referred to people dressing up as, and it was actually misspelled, which I thought was amazing that you could actually put this out there. Want-wielding prostitutes, instead of obviously, you know, wand-wielding prostitutes. The article was dropped a day before the event actually happened, and they used photos from a previous report that Nikki, uh, Nikki D'Andrea had done, like, seven months earlier. So the photos had nothing to do with the event they were talking about, and they filed a report on the event that they didn't intend. And then they basically implied that kids were dressing up like hookers. You know, a six-year-old girl dressed up with fairy wings is a princess in her head. She's not sitting going there, I bet I can make twenty-five fifty to give to Leroy. You know? And the thing about it is, it's it's not just one article every now and then. This is a consistent. Um, I'm currently 
in a very, very unique place because a couple weeks ago also, they had uh, Amy Silverman and Claire Lawton, who, as far as I'm concerned, is, is being mentored basically by Darth Vader. You know, <laughs> is, uh, they went up to Yuma. They drove, they, or they went down to Yuma. And they were basically saying, oh, well, Sunset Magazine wrote an article about Yuma, and they said Yuma was a great place to go visit, and it was an awesome place to go vacation. I've never been to Yuma. Have never gone. You know, there's never been anything in my life where I said, I, I have to go to Yuma. I just got to go. Um, and from what I heard, people go, well, it's, you know, it's your typical small town. It's not a, super exciting. It's a very small town. So they had written this uh, article, and I had read it, and it was basically a hatchet piece. And it was like, Yuma smells like old people. And, oh, the Main Street is awful. And the only business that seemed to be doing any good business was, you know, the line outside the Mexican consulate. And I'm all like, oh, that's a nice little, you know, you know racist dig there, you know. Um, and they basically destroyed it. They basically hatchered the town. Now, as far as I can tell from the people I've been talking to over there, they, you know, they're, they're in a period of rebirth. They're pouring money into the riverfront district. They're trying to do, like, an art center down there. They have 100,000 people who come in there for the desert and the dunes and the river and all that stuff. Seems to me like that's a town that's, you know, it's trying to take an active role to become something. Um, so what happened was, is I had written a little comment on it. was like, you know, if you had an art issue with Sunset Magazine, why didn't you go after Sunset Magazine? Why'd you go after a city? <gasps> oh, because your paper isn't distributed there. Because if you had written something like that about Tempe or Scottsdale or Phoenix or Glendale, you don't bite the hand that feeds you that much. And their tourism director, whose name is Ann Walker, um, backtracked through my letter, found my blogs and some of the stuff I had written. And other people had gone and done the same thing, too, because I was nice enough to leave a link on the page. <laughs> no reason why you can't do a little marketing while trying to do some public good. And so they started firing back at New Times using the, the ammo so far that I've, you know, researched and put together in a nice little sarcastic package. So their tourism director then, a day or so after this, writes me a letter. And she's basically saying, I want to thank you for, you know, what you've done, you know, and da-da-da. And it was really nice. And then she said, you should come down to Yuma. She goes, I'll buy you, uh, she goes, I'll buy you some warm food. And then it was like, uh, was it uh, warm beer, cold food, and bad art? And I was like, I've never been. Okay, let's, you know, I'll go check it out. And this is actually what I want to do. And, you know, people that I've talked this to, they're like, why? And I said, well, you know, A, I've been invited. Yes. B, I've never gone. I go, and C, unlike Amy and Claire, I go, I'm one of these people that no matter where I go, I, I, I try to find something interesting or fun or quirky about it. I've been to Miami out here, you know. Um, Miami, Monday through Thursday, has nothing going on. The town is deserted. And I've been told that on the weekends it's all antiques and parties and it's insane, right? But I went up to Miami and everybody was like, well, why'd you go up there? And I'm like, streets were deserted. And for a photographer, it was great. It was like, my God, I have an entire town to myself. I can just shoot everything. No one's going to ask me what I'm doing. I can go anywhere I want. I literally didn't see anybody. Kind of creepy, kind of Salem's Lot, but got some good work out of it. And my thing with Yuma was, it's Yuma. It's not supposed to be Scottsdale. You're not supposed to be able to find a Starbucks on every corner. I go or a Sephora, you know. And Amy Silverman's one of these people that expects every place to be this homogenized mall culture. You know, um, one of her articles that she had written, the one that I like to keep shoving in her face, was she had written how Phoenix has a complex how Phoenix doesn't think it's as good as everywhere else. And basically what it is, it's her whining about how she couldn't cut it in New York, and oh my God, how Phoenix is boring, and how Phoenix doesn't have this, and Phoenix doesn't have that. 
and it was written five years ago and her attitude hasn't changed you know with her it's all like well you know i i was kidnapped and i was brought to this hellhole well you can leave you know, we got planes we got buses we got trucks to put your fat ass on and, and ship you out of here and the thing that gets me with her is she is a person who's admitted and i would never admit this that she basically got her two master's degrees not because she wanted to be educated, not because she wanted to be enlightened or make her life better, was because she wanted to be in school in New York because that's where cool people went. This is a person who thought about moving to Philadelphia because she liked the show 30-something. This is a person, and this is all, all in her article. She goes, in high school, I thought the preppy handbook was an actual Bible to follow. She did not realize that it's a joke. You know, she's the only person in America who had a copy of this thing and actually looked at it and went, this is my, this is my guiding light. Um, when I met her and I looked at the outfit and I remember the first thought I looked at her was like, you know, you're, you're 50, you're almost 50. I mean, I can't get away with this. I'm 42, but you've known me now for 10, 10 years, forever. Yeah. Okay. I don't dress like I did 10 years ago. And there's a reason for that, because there's a certain point where you have to look in the mirror or your friends take you aside and go, dude, you're, you're just hurting America. You know, <laughs> you're just you're not helping us. You're not helping you. We, we love you. We love you. That's why we're here. You know, I, I joke about it like I used to wear. I used to be in the vinyl culture. And then one day I was I was leaving the house. I was going to some bar and I looked in the mirror and it was basically I saw James Hetfield in the sausage casing. <laughs> You know, and at that point it was like, you know, no. And I went, I went to the bar and I was dressed in my thing, like black jeans and a t-shirt. And everybody's like, "Well, where's your gear?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, you know, I just, I, I don't want to talk about it. No, no, just no." <laughs> you know, it's it's that point in your life where you realize that you you can't do what you used to do anymore. Not because you're not necessarily uncool or unhip or you know, it just doesn't fit you. It doesn't fit your age. It doesn't fit your face. It doesn't fit what you currently believe. And my thing with New Times is what I would ideally like to see come out of this. Okay, if I can't do regime change, which I don't think is possible, because like, as you mentioned, it's a corporation. And as long as the money is flowing in from advertisers, I go from whatever. They're not going to change. There's no, there's no reason. There's no, there's no motion for change. I personally would like to maybe see somebody come along, you know, maybe somebody obviously smarter and with a little more money and go, okay, you know what? We need this. They're not going to give it to us. We have to do it ourselves. I would like to see, at the very least, a monthly journal of the arts. And I mean all arts, all disciplines, not just music, not just art, not just, you know, performance, where everybody gets a say, everybody gets a shot. Well-written articles, you know, have artists write about art, have people talk about their art. You know, New Times does this series, what are you wearing or what are you eating? Well, they'll come in and It'd be like if I walked up to you and I said, well, you're the drummer for the Complainiacs, right? A really bitchin' punk band. Well, yeah. What's your favorite color? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk about my musical influences. I like... Uh, you like hamburgers? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, to me, it's like, how does that get me closer into what you do? You know, if you came up to me and you'd say, well, you know, I thought Johnny Rotten was the best front man ever. And I look at you and I go, Johnny Rotten, do you think he likes the color red? <laughs> You know, it's it's they're the only they're the only people that can talk about art for three and a half pages and not mention what the art it actually is or what the art actually looks like or what the influences of the artist are. You know, um, the thing that has always got me about them was 
I was looking uh, a couple of months back when uh, when my girlfriend moved in. I go and we had to go get the big ten by ten storage unit, which we filled to the roof. And I go and I have a little, you know, I got a little scrap box of you know the name and print. I, I think everybody first time, you know, it's cool. And you know, I've been doing this now for like twenty years, so the the excitement of seeing your name in an article is kind of like that's great. Could you give my website so people could actually send me money? And I was looking at the new times from back then, and they're the size of a damn phone book. And it's not all ads. And there's, like, art critiques and art reviews and music and artistic calendars. And you look at that and go, wow, you actually used to be good. You used to be useful. You know, and what I generally refer to them now, they're kind of like the penny saver with porn. You know, if you need if you need a stereo for your car and a hand job with a massage, I go, that's who I would call. You know, but nobody reads them. You know, and I mean, literally, nobody reads them. Well, I've talked to people you know. out of town that will, will tell me there's nothing going on in Phoenix, and it's because they're looking in the New Times for something to do. Yeah, and those of us in the river, in the circle, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily hipped up on what what's happening for music because that's not my focus. Right. You know, but I'll see an amazing show, let's say at Bragg's or over at even Perhelion, you know, even Roosevelt. I go, which why technically a little bland and corporate produces some amazing shows and some amazing work. And if you have that kind of talent, whether it be music, whether it be art, whether it be performance, you should be able to make a living of it in a city this large. I mean, I have, you know, and I always joke about it. I go, I'm I'm competent. I go, I don't think I'm the best artist out there. I don't think I'm the worst artist out there. I go, I'm, I'm comfortable in the middle. I'm kind of like a glass of artistic milk, you know. I go, I'm neither offensive. I go, but I'm also not going to jack your shit up too much. And I go, and I'm comfortable with that. And what gets me with them is that when they started doing the troll thing, which I thought was really funny, I'm like, you can't attack me. Because I have been a working artist in this town since 1990. I've got cred. I go, people know who I am. They may not all like me, they'll love me or respect me. They go, but people know who the hell I am. I go, and whether that's because I never shut up about myself, I go, or because other people are pissed off about me, so they never shut up about me. I go, either way, I go, I'm in your head for free. I go, so my job is done. I go, at that point, it's up to you whether or not to decide you like the work. Um, and the hate mail that I usually get will usually come across as, I go, you're arrogant. You're egotistical. I really like that series you do with, with the masks. You know, it's almost like it's painful for them. You know, <laughs> they're kind of like, and I like your paintings. You suck-sucking bastard. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to meet you. I don't want to be in a room with you. How, how much is that photo of the church? You know? Uh, Phoenix has the talent, and Phoenix has the ability. Where it comes down to is, I think artists get apathetic because they think nothing is going to change, or they think that they can't change. Or they fall into the other category, is they're, they're hoping for the crumbs off the table. They're hoping that, okay, maybe they'll do an article and people will come to my show, or people will look at my website, or they'll buy my CD. I go, and as I tell them, I go, you're not losing anything by fighting the battle. What are they doing for you now? Well, they might. Well, the, if you've been doing this for nine years and they've never noticed you, do you think one day they're just going to wake up and go, oh, you know, Ted is the most amazing artist ever and we're going to give him a cover? No, it's not going to happen. And the only way things happen in this town is if you're aggressive and if you're in people's faces. If you want to stay humble and in the background and go, well, I'm a talented guy and I just, you know, I do what I do. Great. That's terrific. I go, I'll come and visit you when you get off your shift at Chuck E. Cheese because you're not going to make a living doing your art. You have to get off your ass. I go, and 
I've been pushing this for a couple months, and in the beginning, I had a lot of people basically going, well, you know, you're, it's just you. It's just you. And I thought that for a while, you know. And finally, I've noticed people are kind of catching up to the curve because people are finally putting down the rhetoric, and they're putting down the insults, and they're actually starting to listen. And my thing is, this is what I present. You can take it or leave it. You can believe it or not. I go, do your research. If you think I'm wrong, you come back and you tell me why I'm wrong. You have a logical argument why you're wrong. Not just, well, I think you suck. Great. You think I suck. Why? Pick it apart. Let me know why. I'm a curious guy. The thing that gets me is you'll throw that out there and you'll go, okay, this is what I think about New Times. This is what I think about Amy Silverman, who no one has defended at all. And I go, prove me wrong. And then they look at you and go, blargity blarg, blarg, blarg. That's not an argument. You're pissed. And you're pissed because you either think I'm right, I go, or you're pissed because I'm so off the page that you're offended by that somebody would say it. I go, either way, you owe me a debate. So debate. You know, bring your questions. I haven't backed down. And the thing that find, I find really funny is, you know, um, the detractors will go, oh, well, they don't care about you. And they're not interested in you. And I go, they seem to be paying awful lot of attention to me if they don't. You don't write an article about someone you don't care about. You don't debate someone on the forums with trolls if you could care less about their opinion. Crazy people, you let them just sputter off and, and burn themselves out. I go, and they haven't been able to do that to me because the simple fact of the matter is the only people's opinions I care about are the people I respect and the people that I love. A total stranger to me walking up and screaming in my face doesn't impress me. Somebody hiding in the shadows of the internet, throwing out knives doesn't impress me. It's like, wow, you're really scary, princess. <laughs> now, you're hiding under your bed going, oh, I'm a badass. Maybe you could prove that if I could actually see you, if I actually knew who you were. You know. So when you send me an anonymous email, that's really not that scary to me. You know, Running into you, let's say, on first Friday, you know, getting in my face and going, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to fuck you up. Okay, at that point, definitive threat. I can see it now. You know, and depending on who you are, it's either, okay, I have to deal with this, or uh, aren't you adorable? Look how fierce you are. My entire thing is I just want people to get off their butts and demand better, you know, to actually say, hey, you know, we, we deserve this. The artists in this town create a community. They create an economic community for people. We bring money into this city. You go down to First Friday, okay, you may buy art, but you may also buy T-shirts. You may stop off at the Lost Leaf and have a beer. Um, you got to get gas when you come downtown. You're probably going to stop off at Carly's and have a sandwich or two. You're going to eat over at Fez. You are bringing money into this city. And this city traditionally has not been good about backing the artists, and the media outlets here basically ignore us unless something happens. You know, my, my aggravation is the fact that people are aware of the problem, and they'll note the problem, but they won't do anything about the problem. You know, they'll bitch to me about it. And I'm like, what have you done? And they're like, well, I support you. What? I, I support what you're doing. I support everything you're doing. I am behind you 100%. What have you done? Oh, well, I, I, uh, I support you. Uh, my, heart, my heart's with you. Have you bought art? Well, um, no. Have you run an art gallery? Um, um, well, no. Have you written a letter to the editor of any of the newspapers here bitching about how the coverage sucks? Uh, no, no, well, no, not really. What have you done? I've, I've shown up at First Friday, and I've gotten drunk. Thanks, that $3 you spent on beer is really going to keep us floating for years. You know, it's 
it's it's aggravating because there's so much talent here and there's so much ability here and there's so many people here who are quite good but they've gotten into that mode that well it's just phoenix i like living here you know and i'm from new york i go and i could be a total oh they don't have this oh they don't have that i like the pace here i like the people here I like the fact that in January I can go get my mail at 3 in the morning in shorts and not freeze my ass off. I like the fact that living here is cheap. You know, I like the friends that I've made. I've liked the artists that I've met. I've liked the musicians that I hang out with. I go, I like what's going on here, the energy here, you know. And it's sad that it's a very simple fix over at New Times. You have a person who's very negative who hates everything about this city, has publicly stated how much he hates this city. It's shown every time they have an article. And you go to the other papers in that chain, and it's not like that. It's not like, oh, St. Louis sucks, and oh, Houston sucks. Oh, my God, I can't stand San Francisco. They're tied into the community. They understand. And Pete Petrisco pointed out something kind of interesting. He had written a letter to them where he had mocked their journalism as, well, you know, it's you have what-are-you-wearing type journalism. And then three days later, they come out with a What Are You Wearing series. And they're like, you can see them in the office going, oh, well, we showed them. Oh, ha, we're funny. We're, we're ironic. And you're like, no, you've just proven a point for your enemy. You know, you, you've just shown that you're petty and immature. You've shown that you cannot rise to the challenge. And I look at that every time you insult New Times, New Times turns around and tries to portray it as a strength. You know, like, we're hipsters. No, you're not. You're not even good at that. You know? You get everything wrong that you put your foot in. You know? You have a woman who doesn't have a clue what goes on in the city she lives in. Because she doesn't want to be here. You know? And she stated that. She was like, I belong in New York. And I'm like, honey, I'm from New York. New York hasn't seen anything like you, I go, since they invented indoor plumbing. (laughs) I go, you couldn't cut it. I go, you couldn't cut it, and you came home slinking like the cur you are with your tail between your legs and you decided that you were going to take it out on everybody you know and the thing about it is i'm not everybody i go you've known me for forever and like you said have you ever known me to back down from anything that pisses me off no and have you ever known me to be quiet about everything that pisses me off have you ever known me to be quiet in general well, i was gonna say and the stuff you like <laughs> i haven't known you to be quiet about either, you know? so it's a curse do you know of an alternative? In in what sense? As far as reading a newspaper. I you know, that's that's the thing. The thing. I, I like actually not necessarily a physical aspect. I'm a big fan of what Pete Petrisco is doing with Arizona Chaos. You know, and he seems to have the last couple of months been able to kind of scoop new times on a lot of a lot of inside track things. Well that was Ricky that actually started that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give credit to Ricky Lee too, sorry. You know, and and my thing is, I would love to see them be able to go back into being a print edition again, because I look at Pete and I look at her, and the writing is the writing is funny, and when it's funny, it's actually funny. They don't have to actually put at the top of the article category funny like New Times does. It's like, oh, I'm going to actually read something humorous now. <laughs> it's actually not that funny, <laughs> you know. Um, AZ Chaos. I look at them as as a very good seed thing for what could be. You know, if you could put some money behind that. Um, I've actually spent the last couple of weeks talking to some of New Times advertisers, some of the smaller ones. And the one thing that I found very interesting was the majority of them don't like advertising in New Times. They essentially do it for the coverage. 
you know, or what they perceive to be the coverage. And my argument is, if no one's reading your magazine, no one's bothering to look at your your ad. You know, if they're not going to go through it page by page, the odds of someone landing on your ad and going, oh, I need this particular thing, is kind of minimal. Because your ad is also going to get lost in that 25-page section of hand jobs and lap dances. It's it's This is a newspaper that wrote, that wrote an article about some ASU student doing a porn video, right? So I'm like, okay, well, that's news. You can bring that out. And they were nice enough to include a link to a hardcore page. I'm not a prude. You know this. I mean, you've seen my work. You know what I do. At the same time, when I'm online and I'm thinking, okay, if you're a newspaper, you really shouldn't have an alternative porn site to go to. You know, you don't see the New York Times going, well, Bill Clinton, you know, had sex with a woman. Here's a video of it. You know, um, they pandered to the lowest denominator. The other thing I found out was for the smaller advertisers, they get very good deals. The reason why they're in New Times is because New Times is relentless in its pursuit of the advertising dollar. You know, um, one of them I talked to had basically told me, she said, I've got like a $100 page rate. She goes, that's that's good. You know, I can't, I can't beat that. And she goes, I don't like them. I can't stand them. She goes, they make my flesh crawl. But for a hundred bucks, I'm in, what would you say, you know, conservatively? Half a million homes? You know, I go between the paper and the online if they actually are, you know, advertising on the online section. And I understand that. What I would actually like to see, one of my um, future plans that we've been working on for the grassroots thing is to actually have people go look. You need to advertise, and we understand that. I'm not advocating a boycott of businesses who do business with New Times. That hurts them. I'm not adver- you know, ad- uh, advocating an artist boycott because, hey, if you can get an article in there and it's you know, somewhat positive and it helps your career, more power to you. You take every opportunity you can grab. I don't want to cut off that vine either. But I think it's high time for the advertisers of New Times to take their money elsewhere, anywhere else. Billboards, leaflets, flyers, refrigerator magnets, I don't care. Just as long as it doesn't go to New Times. Put in Arizona Chaos. You know, what could Pete and Ricky do with five you know, five, six thousand dollars? You could you could put some magazines out. You know? And I like Java, you know, Java on one hand, because Java actually does try very hard, I think, to have a very balanced arts and books and theater and, you know, the club life scene. And for a magazine, I think it's I think it's actually relatively well put together. I wish it was a little thicker. I wish it was a little meatier as far as substance goes. You know, but that's its niche. There really isn't that many alternative aspects to go to. You know, you have a couple of fanzines. You have a couple of independent websites. But what it all comes back down to is money. You know, if you want to get your message out, you got to pay for it. And the problem is New Times has the budget. And as long as New Times has the corporation and the local advertising revenue, it will continue to do whatever the hell it wants, regardless of how pissed off its readership is. You start withering that source. You start taking that money away. Then what you do is you make them malleable, and you also make them vulnerable. I go, and at that point, if you have a 1,000 readers going, we want this, we want this to be in there all the time, then you have somebody who is forced to listen. You basically have taken their head and put it into the fire because you are now taking an effect. If you're an advertiser and you take away that money from them, and let's say, let's say you get 15, 20 people to do it, bigger ones, you know, people who spend several thousand dollars a year with them, that's going to hurt because you cannot run your entire business on strip club ads you know, or stereo shops. If you look at that magazine, it's 
one good investigative article, which is usually very good. The investigative reporting in New Times is excellent. But everything else regarding the culture is terrible or idiotic or asinine or written in a college, you know, like, oh, I went to a bar and there was this drink. They actually have Bouncer Confidential. I, I have friends who are bouncers. What are you going to tell me? What's your job? I take drunk guys off of chicks and I throw them outdoors. And uh, I had this guy one time who threw up on himself. Great. That's some Pulitzer Prize winning stuff right there. You know? <laughs> it's, it's annoying to me because I remember what it used to be. And I don't remember it in the sense of how everybody glorifies the good old days. You know, oh, back then it was this and ponies and unicorns. And I remember when, you know, you'd go out to a show and if a critic came out, he would ask you some freaking questions. He'd ask you hard ones. Ones that you would be like, um, okay, uh, well... You know, they didn't feature on what, you know, feud you had with somebody. They didn't feature in on, you know, what your favorite color was, what your favorite shirt is, what your favorite band is. None of these things are relevant to your creation point as an artist unless, you know, like, well, I like to listen to, you know, Sex Pistols, Why I Paint. You know, I like to listen to, you know, Kate Bush when I do photography. You know, they don't ask anything that requires thinking. Their articles are not designed for people who think. For people like hamburgers? who read. I love yeah, hamburgers. Like hamburgers. I love hamburgers. And what do you think about that whole thing when like the New Times was trying to take over Art Detour that one year? There were all those signs, all oh. the rules about New Times Art Detour. What do you think about that? I mean, look, they were trying to get into the culture. Really. <laughs> uh, they are. They have an. They have an upcoming art event now, Artopia. Right. You know, which which I think, I think they actually may have used the word art. And blended it with the word utopia. Well, that's pretty genius. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty intense. Because to make a perfect world full of art, yeah, they're onto something. The problem with New Times, what I find funny, was uh, one of the trolls a couple days ago was like, well, you don't know anybody, you don't have anybody. And I'm, I'm going to get a little fun here for a second. Um, about, honey, what, about, about a month ago? Two months ago, roughly, give or take? When Big Boy got in touch with me, it was about? Mm. Okay. Um, I got I got an early Christmas gift, and I was sitting in my car. I was uh, waiting to pick up a friend of mine, Tate Hemlock, who's a photographer, who actually did the recent cover of Java. I go, and I got a phone call, and obviously I'm not going to say who this person is. I go, but they basically have worked alongside Amy pretty much her entire career and cannot stand her and pretty much are done. So I got a dump truck full of stuff. I mean, literally, he was, they were like, oh, well, here we go. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you. And my meeting with her was insane. What she does on a daily basis, they would put you away for. Uh, you know, when I used to get people and they'd write emails, and they'd be like, oh, she said this or she did this. You know, you look at it and you have to filter it. You have to filter it through clear eyes, people who don't have a bias. I can honestly say I have a bias against a woman. So when things come in, it's not always the best. I'm not always the best person to look at it and go, okay, yeah, this is true. Because I have a very narrow field of vision when it comes to her. I loathe the woman. She, she, she's an abomination as far as I'm concerned. She is a walking fucking horror show. Um, and I, I feel bad for anyone who has to work with her. I feel bad for the guy who has to sleep with her. And do other stuff. But... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's there's a lot of psyching up before that event, you know, <laughs> a lot of stretching. But the uh, 
But the thing is, I I will then take what I've got and I will filter it through people. I'll be like, just read this. I'm not going to tell you where it comes from. What do you think? And I get opinions. And if, if people go, eh, it seems a little hinky to me. I'm like, okay. And I won't use it. She has basically been what it is for her. She used to be, as she put it, she was a rock star. She was a reporter. And she's won a couple awards for investigative reporting. And then they promoted her. Um, for reasons I will not go into because, as far as I'm concerned, they're off the map. They have nothing to do with the issue at hand. There are their personal reasons regarding her. And she became an editor. And she has said this in print. She goes, I was smarting. I used to be a rock star. And now I'm a roadie. And I'm like, you're an editor. That's that's a big boy chair. That's huge. You control direction. You control. Is this one of those issues of being promoted into your own level of incompetence and then remaining there, though, do you think? I, I think that when they, they put her in, what I have been told is that the reason why she's there is she works like a dog. She's married to the job, and she works cheap. Like, what she makes in relation to what she actually does is not necessarily balanced. My thing is, I think they looked at her reporting, which, once again, her actual investigative reporting, some of it is, is some damn fine work. And even I'll look at that and go, wow, that's, that's good. But then I look at what she does and everything else, and I'm like, how, how does this not carry over? You know, like I'm a I'm a competent painter, I'm also a competent photographer. It, it, the artistic discipline carries over. I go, you're a good drummer. I go, I'm fairly certain. I go that because I don't know enough about music to find necessarily an analogy that works. But I also figure if you did something along those lines, it would also be as competent as you are behind the kit. Um, and if it wasn't, like, you would never play bass, for instance. You wouldn't call up one day and say, oh, today I'm just going to play bass. You know? I don't know if you can. Okay, but you, you know what I mean. You're not going to decide to put yourself in a position that you have no idea how to do it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what happened with her. I think she was pissed off at being taken off the rock star list. And now she thinks, well, I'm management, so now I'm boring and I'm not hip and I'm not exciting. Well, it's like you weren't hip and exciting before. But you were competent. And now you're in a job where you have to deal with people all the time when it's obvious you don't like people, when it's obvious you don't like the community. You are now in a position to affect the community, a community which you've publicly stated you hate. That's not a good place for you. That is such a bad place for you, you know? And it affects everything and everybody. It does trickle down. There's only one thing that trickles down, and nobody wants to be covered with that. Right. And, you know, as a musician, I mean, I would assume right off the bat your head, you couldn't really name anybody who affects the music scene in a sense that works economically. You know, you may know some fanzines, you may know some, you know, independent sites that talk about punk rock or music in general, but I'm fairly certain you couldn't say, well, so-and-so covers us, and every time they do, you know, the place is packed, and, you know, we can sell CDs and T-shirts and stickers or what have you. My my thing is, I would really like to see somebody come along with some cash and go, we're going to start our own thing. And our own thing is going to be open to everybody. No politics. I don't care if you don't like so-and-so. You know, I don't care if you're not a fan of punk rock music or country music or whatever. Open dialogue, open critique, open publication. You know, doesn't matter if you're a friend of the editor or you're friendly with a reporter or if you suck the dick of the associate editor. I go, or if you're sleeping with the managing editor, it, what counts is, are you good? Are you, do you have something going on? Can you back up your mouth? You know, that's what's needed in, 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 a, in a comprehensive art journal. I would like to see one where you actually have somebody say, 
I covered the Complainiac show, and it, oh my god, it was shredding. And then I went to this art exhibit, and it was amazing. And then I went to this photography show. Okay, not so good, but let me give you the high points. Let me give you the low points. With them, it's almost an incessant need to bash. You know, like you do a charity event. You know, so-and-so was at the charity event. Did you know so-and-so was once convicted of drunken driving? We're going to talk about that for half a page. What does that have to do with the charity event? No, no, no. No, we're talking about him. But it's about charity for homeless children. We'll get back to that in a second. It's like when Black Cactus Records opened up their thing. You know, that could have been a great positive article. You know, here's these guys doing their thing, and they're all trying to do it. But no, it had it for about a sentence and a half, and then it went right into, oh, well, they're in a feud with this. And there's this band stuff going on over here, and then there's this over here. And you're like, this has nothing to do with what they're doing. This is a facet. You cover holes. You don't cover the one side, you know. If I came up and I started talking to you, yeah, I'd ask you about drumming, okay? But I'm also going to ask you about 602 Radio. I'm going to ask you about your family. I'm going to ask you about your friends. I'm going to ask you about things so I get a, an entire essence of who you are, you know? If I came up to you and all I talked to you about was drumming, I think after a couple of minutes you'd kind of be like, hey, you know, I also do, do, do. We're going to talk about drumming. Well, I, I, I also do this too. No, I don't want to hear about that. You'd want to strangle me. I think it's not that she's so much as incompetent. It's that she has an axe to grind and she's not mature enough to shoulder it. You know, she's not ballsy enough to come right out and go, I hate you all and you're going to pay. <laughs> I go, and she's she's too egotistical and self-set in her way to think that anyone can touch her. You know, she walks around going, oh, well, you know, you can't touch me. I'm touching you. I'm touching you hard. Well, what was up with that? What was the Washington Post that wrote about her? What was mm. that one thing? No, she she's a contributor. Um, she's contributed to NPR. She's contributed to the Washington Post. Um, her husband, I believe, got in some trouble because he had written something in, like, when he was heading up the college paper. And other other people I, I've associated with go, oh, well, you need to. And I'm like, no, my, my essence has always been on her. With the Washington Post article, I believe it was because she kind of kind of slap-talked Phoenix. Once again, about the culture of Phoenix, the people of Phoenix. There's not a lot of bright bulbs here. You know, we're kind of, we're kind of an old west town. We have our own vibe. We are not New York. We are not L.A. Nor do I ever wish us to be. I'm from New York. It's a great place. I don't need to duplicate it, you know? I go, I don't want certain aspects of New York here. Just like when I'm home in New York, I don't want certain aspects of Arizona back home in New York. Her problem is, is what she writes, and she's writing about anything that regards to her, it becomes almost like a wine list. You know, I want this. I wish this. I hate this. God, this sucks. And my entire thing has always been, I will listen to any complaint you have as long as it is structured. You know, if I dislike something and you ask me, well, why do you hate it? I can look at you and go, oh, well, I, because of this. When I was a child, da 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 she makes everything personal. And I know that sounds really weird coming from a guy who writes a blog where everything is personal. But I write a blog. I'm not a journalist. I don't head a newspaper. A newspaper is supposed to give you information. It's supposed to enlighten. It's supposed to inform. And occasionally it's allowed to entertain. Okay? The three of those should never really mix. You know, entertainment should not be considered as news. News should not be considered as entertainment. And what they have done over there is they've taken a paper that used to be quite solid, and they've basically tried to turn it into some bizarre, you know, college humor, 
slash New York Times slash at times hustler kind of approach. You know, the, the, the humor sections aren't funny. The investigative reporting is really the only thing over there that she hasn't been able to dismantle or taint, as far as I can tell. And my entire issue with her is the fact that when people do complain, either she mocks, you know, um, one of the things that comes to mind was online. She had, the editor posted this, and I was amazed. She went, oh, I see we have some candidates on here for two chicken shit to give their real name. And I wrote back, I'm like, but even when they do give you the real name, you don't listen anyway, and you make fun of them. You, you harsh. You post comments on your own articles to make it look like, oh, I have all this support. And when they did the article on me, you know, the running joke that I had with everybody was, if you read it, I go, they, New Times got stomped like a narc at a biker rally, you know? And then all of a sudden she was like, oh, it's so great that we have discourse, and we're talking, and we're debating, isn't that great? We're friends. And my girlfriend wrote in, and she said, that was the best piece of backpedaling I have ever seen, Mrs. Silverman. Because it went from, well, fuck you all, to, oh, no, oh, I was kidding about that. You didn't take me seriously. Come on. She, she's a coward. She is a craven, petty harpy. And my entire aspect with her is, I can respect somebody who gets in my face and tells me to go fuck myself. You know this about me. If you stand up to me and you walk right up and go, fuck you, I think you suck brother that takes character it takes balls it takes strength to you know be this far from somebody and go i'm gonna kick your ass someday yeah yeah and you should be scared yeah yeah you're sitting there i see it no i sure as hell i'm not gonna walk up to him and say that to his face because he'd pound me into the floor (laughs) you know and that's what she does she attacks from afar and then when people get annoyed about it she has the balls to sit there and go I can't, oh my God, I can't believe you're coming at, I didn't do anything. Um, The Yuma article, the trolls are going, oh, you riled up the people of Yuma. And I went, I did this? I wrote 300 comments basically stating that Amy Silverman should be buried in a ditch? I didn't. I came in late to the game. I showed up at the party with a six-pack of beer, but I was an hour and a half later there than I should have been. I go, and so having all these comments come back, go, oh, well, you, you, you riled the people you up. You're, you're the one who made them angry. You're, you're the reason why they called the TV stations and wrote their local newspaper and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I literally was like, if I had that much power, I would start a fucking cult. <laughs> I'd be driving in a Maserati right now. If I had that kind of influence and ability to, to wield people to my side, I sure as hell wouldn't waste it on some free newspaper. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd have a nicer house. You didn't write the article. I didn't write the article. And the thing that was funny about it was I'm not the one who came up with the ad campaign that Yuma did with the billboards where they posted Phoenix blog calls Yuma the it city. Come see why. Visit Yuma. That wasn't my idea. I didn't do that within 24 hours of the article, which I thought was just absolutely brilliant. <laughs> you know, and my thing is with them is um, Kathy Cohn of, of Cone Gallery brought up a good point. She said what they do for advertisers is they take their stats and go look at how many hits we got. We're successful. You know, they don't say, you know, 90% of these hits were telling us how we could go stuff ourselves in a box. You know, they go to the advertiser. And so the advertiser looks at that and goes, wow, there's hundreds of thousands of people. Check out this website. That's going to be great for my business. And what they don't realize is if you're right next to, once again, you know, I, I refer to it because there's so many of them in there, a strip club ad. Let's say you're a family guy and you're looking for, a sofa for your great, wonderful, all-American Christian family, you know? 
a family that screams Christian values and a buy, you know, a couch that says we're good people. And you're an advertiser and you open up that magazine and your ad is right next to come over to Mona's and get, you know, the $3 lap dance and handjob special. You're probably not going to want to advertise in that magazine ever again. Conversely, if you're a customer and you see that, you're going to be like, well, this ad's right next to, ooh. You know what I mean? They don't get that. They really seriously think that people respect them. They think that in the arts community, they have pull. Martin Sismar is, is one of the biggest douchebags I've ever met. I go, um, had a run-in with him a couple weeks ago. I, I insulted him a couple months back, and then I was at Tate Hemlock's show. And he literally comes running up, right? You know, I felt somebody, like, behind me. I turn around. He looks at me and goes, hi, I'm Martin Sismar. Shakes my hand and then runs away. And I'm sitting there like, what the, the, what the fuck was that? Hand sanitizer. What the hell was that about? And my friend Tate looked at me and he goes, what? And I go, I believe that was a drive-by douchebagging. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea what the purpose of that was. You know, is it like the cat in the bell thing? I ran up to the tiger. I petted his head and I ran away. I'm so brave. You know? And I'm looking at it going, okay, you had an opportunity to, to speak your mind. I was right there. It doesn't get any easier. I'm physically there. Claire Lawton, and I'm going to be touching on this in a blog. I went to I went to Joe Bot, okay, which is a which is a great local coffee shop in John Fifth Street, uh, Fifth Street and Roosevelt. Um, and and John Segusta, I believe is his name, who runs it, who owns it, has done an amazing job of creating a community sense there. I love love Joe Bot. And I came in. Uh, I was on my day off on Monday, and I went to Joe Bot. I have a routine. So anybody who, like, wants to stalk me, kill me, put an arrow through my head, I'm very predictable. You won't have to work too hard. I like to make it easier for the public. Um, so I came walking up, and Claire Lawton is sitting with, I don't know if you remember, Lee Berger, who used to run The Fix. Oh, right. Okay, right? And I hadn't seen Lee in a couple of months, and I was like, oh, hey, man, right? So I walk up, and I know who she is, of course. And she, from the look, knew who I was. <laughs> and Lee, I walk up table, and Lee goes, oh, we're kind of having a private conversation. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll... Go get my, you know, my tea. I go, come out. Well, yeah, I haven't seen you. I want to catch up. So I come walking out, and I go to pull up a chair, and she immediately gets up, and she goes, you can have this one. And I'm like, hey, awesome. Pre-warmed. Thank you. And I'm being very nice. I'm dressed in, like, jeans and a T-shirt. I think I had a T-shirt on with the, the little green men from Toy Story. So I'm not exactly presenting a very threatening outer look, right? And the T-shirt also says, ooh. So, you know. So I come in, and I sit down, and I'm like, Oh, well, it was nice meeting you briefly. And she hands Lee her card with her name out so I can see it. And she literally just goes, yes. And I'm like, I know who you are, dingbat. You know, it's like, and also, I'm old. My eyes can't read that far anyway. So, you know, you could be, you know, Joe Blow for all I know. So she kind of huddly walks off. She's, you know, a cute little blonde hipster. You know, has a little Lane Bryant scarf, right? And Lee is just kind of sitting there, and he's kind of giggling. And I'm like, what's so funny? He goes, ah, oh, she said some things about you. Really? Yeah, some of them are accurate. <laughs> and I looked at him and go, so let me get this straight. I'm right here. As friendly as I can be. I can't get any softer and cozier and, you know, gushier than this. I go, and rather than tell me, you know, Mrs. Hardbitten School of Journalism, she left you to do her dirty work. And he looked at me and goes, well, I'm not going to tell you what she said. And I was like, really? Niff. He goes, I'm not a message, message boy. And I'm like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I let it go. And then I was driving home. And as I was driving home, I'm like, of all the cowardly, craven, 
shit-tastic, pussy-ass, petty, wimpy. You know, I'm right here. You can walk right up to me and go, fuck you. Or, I disagree with everything you stand for, and I think you're wrong, and let me tell you why. Or, like a real journalist would, what the fuck is your problem with me? None of that. And I'm like, you work for a newspaper with this huge base. You're supposed to be this hard journalist. You're going to write things someday. You're going to try and win the Pulitzer Prize. You can't even face down an artist in a third-rate city. I go, wearing an alien t-shirt and (laughs) flip-flops. Oh, yeah. I can just see when you get on the story of, like, a drug cartel or something, you're going to be just amazing. (laughs) You know? I was in Pablo Escobar's house. I asked him what he likes to eat. Tacos, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So, when you stuff the cocaine into hamburgers, what are you wearing? (laughs) It's your favorite tie. (laughs) (laughs) That could go so many different ways, too. That's really... (laughs) When you torture people... What kind of music do you like to listen to? Easy listening or something a little harder as like Fear Factory? No, it's and it's it's that it's it's you're talking about a joke about you're judged by your enemies, and I've been trying so hard to get such better enemies because it's it's literally it's literally like they're a retarded kitten, and I have a laser pointer. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to make them look bad. It's not that hard to take them on. And I go, and it's deceptively easy. And I've been telling people that. And I said, I go, you you don't understand how simple this is. When they go, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's a five-minute chunk out of my day to smack these people down. Because their argument is invalid to begin with. And what's funny with the email... I got, a lot of, I got a lot of email, obviously, from you, where people were thanking me, which I thought was really nice, that people took time out to say, hey, man, you know, I know you're not even from here, and you're defending us, and I appreciate that. And I go, yeah, I'm defending you, but I'm defending a bigger picture. They've already done this to Phoenix. I'm not going to let them do it to you guys. I go, I, I pretty much have drawn the line in the sand. I'm like, I am sick of this shit. I am sick of being nice about it. I'm sick and tired of being quiet about it. I go, and I'm sick and tired of watching them steamroll over my creative friends and people who deserve ink and people who deserve coverage. I'm sick and tired of them mocking this town. You don't like Phoenix? Fucking move. Go to Portland. Go wherever. I go, get the hell out of Dodge. I'll pay for your damn bus ticket. You know, if she called me up and said, well, I've been thinking about moving, but I need, you know, $25, you know, to buy a brand new pair of sparkly chucks to walk my ass out of town, I'd give her 100 so that she'd have a multiple pairs to just keep going until she hits the fucking ocean. I go, my entire thing with her is it's a willful ignorance and arrogance. And she's very proud about that. She's proud that she's mean. She's proud that she's petty. I can be a bitch at times. I can be sarcastic at times. I go, but I think underneath it all, people who know me very well also know that there's floating around in there as parts of a decent human being. And all I'm trying to do is I said, okay, debate me. Go head to head with me. See what happens. And they won't. And they go, oh, you're not important. And I go, well, if that's true, prove I'm not important. If you don't care, prove that you don't care. If you don't care, why are you following up my tailpipe so damn closely? Yeah, it's no. been going on for a while too. Like, when did this? When did this whole thing? This start? has been. It it probably realistically started right after. I've never liked New Times to begin with. Um, I was I was able to. Uh, I don't want to say manipulate them because that's too harsh a term. But when they were doing 
the cover story on Ryan Avery, which eventually became the Hi, My Name is Ryan movie. Okay, I have a small little piece on that eight-page article, but it was enough for the filmmakers at that time to come back to me and go, look, we need a bad guy. And everybody says, you're a bad guy, and that you're okay being a bad guy. And I went, yeah. They, with him, found many people who didn't like him. Nobody wanted to go on camera. And they said it was either because they didn't want to hurt his feelings or they were worried about what the fallout would be, which is, which is a fair, fair fear to have. You never know how it's going to go. And they basically said, you will not be painted as a nice, warm, cuddly person. I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. And they were like, really? And I'm like, look, you're putting me in a movie. Movie is going to go to film festivals, right? A couple thousand people will see it over the course of its run, probably. And they were like, yeah. And I go, so a couple thousand people get to hear my name, get to see my work, and get to be exposed to my art and what I do. Yeah, why in God's name would I pass that up? Well, you know, people may hate you. Let them hate me. I don't know them. It's not going to be walking down the street and someone's going to run over me with their car because I was mean to Ryan. You know, I go, and it worked for me. The film bombed, you know, got horrible reviews, which I thought was kind of unfair. I go, I got a lot of ink, you know, and one of the best reviews um, was from some blogger guy in, I think, Washington State, who had written about the movie, and he said, he goes, I like him. He goes, he reminds me of a redneck version of David Cross. And he goes... (laughs) And I was like, I love David Cross, <laughs> right? And the best part was he goes, he goes, he's an excellent villain, and he makes the movie. And I was like, okay, that's going on the fridge. <laughs> that is going on the fridge, right? And what it worked out for me was every time the movie played, people would come and check out my website, and I'd get a little bit of hate mail. Like, oh, he's such a nice kid, and you're such a prick. Really like your work, though. <laughs> you know? Wound up selling a couple of pieces. Wound up getting a couple of clients out of it. So for me, it was, it was a viable thing. New Times, for me, has always been a springboard. It's always been a means to an end. They've never been able to affect my career. They've never been able to hurt me one way or the other. I go, anytime. I mean, all ink is good ink. You know, say I'm a baby-chopping, soup-making pedophile. Then knock yourself out. Whatever makes you feel good. I go, but what that does is it puts my name out there. And eventually, someone's going to type that name into Google and see who I am and what I do and what I write about and that thing. And for me, that's nothing but good. Because you will either be a convert or not. You're not going to be in the middle. I go, I'm not too worried about it. I don't lose any sleep over it. You hate me? Fine. You know, people walk up and go, oh, I don't want it. I got that. <laughs> yeah, great. Send me, a, send me a card. You know, it's like, thanks. I know where you stand. No reason for us to interact any further at this point. I go, you don't believe in what I'm doing? I'm not going to waste my time on you. Why should I? You know, it's kind of like, if you don't like, if you like country music, I'm not going to turn you on to punk. If you go, ah, oh, hit punk. Okay, fine. And enjoy your, you know, Garth Brooks. The thing with them is they think they're more important than they really are. They really seriously think that they affect in the sense of the art community. The art community ignores them, mocks them. You know, the only time the art community and them are ever on the same page is when the art community realizes, you know, it's, it's like a bad date. You know, i got to take the hit for my friend. So I'll go talk to the reporter. I'll go hang out at their art event. New time speeds crumbs. They don't give meals. You know, they, they dangle it like a carrot on a string. And when I was younger and hungrier, you know, I might have gone for that. But I'm established now. I've got a name. Not a huge name. You know, it's not like I can go, you know, New York City and people fall at their feet. And I go, but I have enough of a reputation for doing good, solid, syllable work that I don't really worry about them in the sense of, you know, let them say what they will. I want to see them get better. Because until another alternative pops up, until somebody comes along and goes, okay, I'm going to start a magazine. 
or I'm going to start um, a website that's going to have you know 50,000 people who follow it religiously. You have to go after the targets that exist, and you have to change them. Okay. Failing that, you have to create your own, your 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 new kingdom, as it were, and you cannot do that without money, without exposure, without the people who are willing to go hungry for a while in order to get something launched. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you, how do you get the money flowing in order to My, get exposure to the things that you think are important? You know? Well, I think I think the, the the plan is once again you start with a logical argument and you present it to people. Part of what I'm currently in the process of doing is I plan on going after the advertisers. And I plan in a fashion, um, obviously I don't want to talk too much about it because right. it's still ether. And I go and also I want to <laughs> check legalities. I go, but the game plan is pretty much is are you being served? Does this help you? Does this help your community? Do you want to be essential to the community? If you are in a community, whether you like that community or not, it's like being a neighbor. Okay, you can be a good neighbor, you can be a bad neighbor, or you can be an indifferent, right down the middle of the road neighbor, and that's all fine. But if you want to be a good neighbor, then you have to contribute. What you do affects people. You know me from way back, you know, when I was, let's say, a little bit um, less social and blacker in spirit, okay? And since, you know, um, since I almost died, you know, the good thing about seven and a half days in an ICU ward with, you know, catheters in place, you never want anything stuck ever again. <laughs> I go is it gives you a lot of time to think. You're in your own head. Dealing with your own mortality is is a very good experience. You know, I always used to see people on TV and they go, "Oh, the cancer was the best thing ever happened to me." Oh, being trapped under a truck was the best thing. You know, you know, having my arms cut off by the shark. And I used to look at these people and they go, "You're idiots. You are idiots. How could that be a good thing? How could that ever be a good thing?" I get it now, because what it does is it allows you to actually look at yourself, which is. I think something people don't really do too much. And I realized, whoo, I've got some karma to, <laughs> to burn off. So I've spent pretty much since that time fixing things in my life and in other people's lives where my actions affected them. And at the time, I thought I had the right to affect them because I was like, well, I'm pissed off at you or I'm angry at you or I don't like you. So I have every right to be able to do this to you. I go, and that was wrong, you know. Um... And part of the problem is is when you've had a persona for so long or a perceived persona, when you flip it or you alter it, people don't always necessarily take you at face value. Okay? One of the comments that I got is everybody went, well, you're very egotistical. And I went, yeah, I am. I go, you have to be for what I do. You have to walk around like that. Now, that's not me at home. And my girlfriend will tell you. I go, I come home, I take off the artist coat, and I'm just the goofy guy who collects Star Wars toys. You know, I go, I'm not, you know, Captain Cynical. I'm not, you know, Mr. New York guy. And the thing that gets me is how many people will buy the persona, no matter how many times they're exposed to you without it. You know, that they still hold on to that grudge. They still hold on to that slight. They are unwilling to let it go. You know, and those people, just like the other people you can't convert, I'm like, okay, I've apologized. And I've tried to make things better. I go, and if you can't see that I'm honest about it and that I'm earnest about it, I feel sorry for you and your lack of vision. I go, but I'm not going to waste any more time dwelling on it because I've tried. And my thing with them is that they are in a community that the captain of the ship despises. Okay, and as a community, we have a right to do two things to cancer. We have the right to either kill it or cut it the hell out. You know, if you're not going to help, okay, you're either in the way 
or you're part of the problem. And I think the artistic community in Phoenix for too long has been way too apathetic about its own destiny, about its own abilities. I think the uh, artist community underrates itself, and I think it completely underprices itself. And I think it is willing to take whatever it gets. And at this point in my life, I am not willing to sit there and be a victim or to be a hostage, you know. And, you know, for the artists who are doing good, I mean... I don't think people should rock the boat if it's going to lead to the destruction of everything they worked for. But I think there are times for you to take a stand, to dig in, I go, and to show what you're made of, you know? Because at the very least, if it blows up in your face, at least you can go, hey, I, I tried. I tried to do something, you know? So give me that. Yeah, but do you think, I mean, there's a chunk of the art and music community in Phoenix, I think, that just kind of disregards mainstream publications which is which is fine but doesn't really care one way or another i mean i mean there's there's definitely something to be said about like making money at your art mm-hmm. I mean, you know that's good if you can quit we don't we don't do it for free i mean let's face it we all do what we do because we love what we do we right. either got into it because we loved what we do or because we realized it was a very good way to meet women <laughs> you know and in my high school the first time i drew a picture of a cartoon dog for a really hot cheek to chick and she talked to me for 20 minutes i was like i am onto something I can't catch a football, I don't have a nice car, and I got really bad acne, but I can draw fun shit. I can use this. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's okay. You know, I'm not saying that there should be this bloody palace revolt. If you're fine where you're at and you're comfortable with your ad and you're like, I like working my day gig and then go playing the bars at night, or I'm, I like working in a seven eleven and having a gallery show at my friend's little cruddy art space, that's great. I go, I am not here to fuck with people's joy. I go, I know a lot of artists who won't take a dime for their work, give their work away, which is something I can't do because I'm way too greedy. And I go, I, I, I like those people. Those are the people in the truest artistic sense of the word, the people who go, payment would taint what I do. At the same time, I'm a very big believer that if somebody walks up from one of my canvases and goes, I'll give you $3,000 for that, I understand it's one of your children and that you did take it. But it's one of your, no, 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 it's fine. You know what? I'll wrap it up. I'll get it in the car. Give me five minutes. I do what I do because I love what I do. A long time ago, I realized I could make money doing what I do. Seemed like a no-brainer. You know, the thing with the mainstream publication, though, is if you're not getting any exposure at all, you will remain where you are. You can have all the friends in the world who put your bumper stickers all over town. You can be as completely independent as you want. You can be that secret, you know, you know, bar band that plays at the black and tan. That's great. But if you're looking at it going, I want to make a career of this, I love this so much that I want to do this 24-7 for the rest of my life till the day I die, then you need a leg up. You need a hand up. You need something to come along and go, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to put you right here so everybody can see you shine. You know, it's fine to stay here. I was there for many years, and I was, I was okay with it because I was making money. But at one point, I finally realized, I really don't want to be down here anymore. I want to be up here. I go, and that's a personal thing. My biggest issue with Phoenix is that for the size of the city we are, we should have fanzines, websites. I mean, we should just have creativity coming out of our butt. You know, this should be a place that people go to in the music community, in the artist community. People in Los Angeles who are producers should go, we're going to go check out Arizona, man. Hey, he's some hotbed of talent there. You know, gallery should be going, we're going to go to Phoenix. There's an amazing art scene. You know, writers, poets, performance artists, what have you. There is no reason why this city 
can't be with the other cities, you know. And I know that's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit out there for some people. And I know it's a little bit like where people kind of go, okay, not really based in reality. The only thing holding anyone back is themselves. 